All right, so here comes episode number two. We're talking to Ben Schachter, and uh, in the in the last episode, we talked about hyper specialization in a hyper local market, which is uh, which was incredibly awesome. Now we're going to be talking about growth and attracting talent and holding them accountable at a high level. So let me cue up the music, and we'll jump right back into the episode. Welcome to the Broker to Broker Real Estate Podcast, where we have real, raw conversations with industry leaders, finding out how to connect, support, lead, and ultimately make an impact and drive results in the lives of your agents. I'm your host, Nathan Daniel, and welcome to the show. We've talked about how you've done this and how you've started growing and how you're getting all of these these honestly new brands and everything that you're specializing in. Well, of course, that's going to start attracting talent, right? And and that's where you're at 1,350 agents. And last month you said you added, what, 25 new associates? 25 in a month in the middle of a pandemic, no In less. the middle of a pandemic. So you're you're experiencing growth now and you, you've got this momentum of growth. Let's talk about that. Terrific. Well, I appreciate that. Um, there are a few things that are important to know about us, which is where the growth comes from. Of course, we have to have a stellar reputation. We have to be well-received in our industry, particularly in the markets that we work in. Uh, Agents love an opportunity where they can work with a very hands-on broker. And people like working with people who specialize. I just talked about that from a consumer standpoint. Well, in our company, we interview a lot of people, but we only extend invitations to join us to less than 50% of the people we interview which I honestly believe is unheard of in the industry to turn away one out of every two people you interview. In fact, our true number is around 47.5%. We only offer invitations to 47.5%. 52.5% of the people we meet, pleasure to meet you, Nathan. Thanks for your time. We just don't think you're a good fit. And you should see the look on an agent's face when you tell them, I thank you for your time. You're not a good fit. They are so shocked because they're so used to being inundated with solicitations. We don't do that. We do market. We do solicit quality over quantity. I think that's very important. Uh, But we take the interview process seriously. For the first uh, 12 and a half years of our business, we're now almost 15 years old, I was the only person ever interviewed. I interviewed and I personally hired every single person. We got to the point where I'm being pulled in so many different directions running the business that I've had to onboard and train a very high level business recruiter that uh, does the interviews for me most of the time now, not always, but probably 85% of the time, but has parameters of what I'm looking for in the right talent. We look for three things. And when you're picky and choosy, you get better quality as opposed to just hiring everybody that walks in the door. Number one, I'll only work with intelligent people. Quite frankly, Nathan, I don't even care if they have a real estate license because I am a licensed instructor in my state. We operate a fully accredited licensed school. So if I have the right candidate, we'll get them a real estate license. That's not impressive. But what's in here and what's in here is what is impressive to me. Intelligence. I only want people who are smart. It is a tough business. It's a little cutthroat at times. There's a lot of contracts and complexities, particularly in our state in Florida. Uh, There's so much to know about the market, compliance, et cetera. I consider myself to be intelligent and I just don't have the tolerance for stupid people. I want to work with smart people. So I look for that in every person I hire. Number two, professionalism. I'll only work professional people. That's it. You have to be professional. Our industry is riddled with independent contractors. And unfortunately, a lot of people get into real estate because they've Google searched what's the easiest career to be self-employed. And of course, real estate comes up in first, second, and third position on on, on Google. Unacceptable. How about what's the best job to be self-employed and make a lot of money? What's the best job? And I'm going to have to work real hard. They never finish the statement. 
Uh, I have no tolerance for a lack of professionalism. People that don't show up on time, people that don't dress the part, they don't speak the part, uh, they don't stay in touch, they don't provide feedback, they're not responsive, their voicemails are always full. It's, it's really a shame, and it's one of the reasons my parents were so disappointed with my choice to go into real estate uh, back when I was 21, even though I've made them eat their words 10 times over since then. Uh, so I only want professional people in my company at all times. And the last thing I look for, which I find is the hardest, particularly in Florida, uh, after intelligence, after professionalism, quality number three, is Nathan, I only want to work with people who wake up every morning who want to kick some butt. You've got to want it bad. We are in a sales job. People say, oh, I want to be a consultant. I want to help people. Hey, you can be a consultant. You can help people all you want. But if you can't accept the fact that you're a salesperson, you're selling the most expensive product almost anybody will ever purchase in their life, uh, barring a yacht, barring a private plane, barring a major company, this is the most expensive property, excuse me, the most expensive asset 99% of people will buy in their lifetime. You have to be a hustler of a salesperson. You have to wake up every morning with a business plan and a goal and a set schedule and a plan of action that you're going to see through and execute. You have to execute. The lack of hustle kills me. And if you don't want to get up and crush it every day, I mean, come on, I'm 42 years old. I could have retired five times over already. And I'm still crushing it every day because I want to set a good example for my agents. Most importantly, I want to set a great example for my children. I don't want to just sit back and coast. You have to be disciplined. And that is a big problem in real estate. Most people are ill-equipped, Nathan, to make the leap of being a W-2 employee in their past career to now being a 1099 independent contractor in the real estate profession. Their last job was so much easier. They're misguided to think real estate's easier because you're your own boss. Most people are not qualified to be their own boss because they have no idea what the heck to do with their schedule and their time and their discipline. They wake up every day saying, I hope I have an email. I hope someone knocks on my front door that wants to buy a house. I hope someone texts me today. It's literally lunchtime before they've gotten out of their pajamas and they have no plan of action of what to do. You're not qualified to be a business owner if you don't have a plan of action and you're not going to execute. You have to do it every day and you have to have the financial staying power to last many months. Whatever you read in the textbooks about 60, 90 days, that is BS. You've got to have the staying power for at least six months minimum before you can hope to have a pipeline to sustain yourself financially yeah. or be married to someone or in a relationship with someone who's going to support you. Yeah. So in it in in staying power, for those that don't understand what staying power is, is money in the bank. Like you have to have enough money in the bank to carry yourself for at least six months. And I I agree with that a hundred percent because it's it's amazing. Anybody getting a real estate license, I have seen over the years can sell three houses, right? Immediately, just with their immediate influence that they have, they could turn around and sell three houses pretty quickly, you know, and that's gonna get them through, hey, I invested in real estate school and all this stuff. Well, to treat it like a business, like you said, wake up, hustle. It's important to set that expectation too up front when obviously when you're interviewing, because do you have the staying power to get into this? Because I don't want to wake up six months down the road. I've got to go back at and get another job because I'm ran out of money, right? It's, so. it's outrageous. And it's really upsetting because that's usually a question that comes up in the interview. How soon can I expect to start making money? And some of these people come to me and tell me, you know, I'm good through the end of the month. What? You're good through the end of the month? What are you kidding me? Yeah. Well, I know I was actually reading an article yesterday. So uh, National Association of Realtors, right? NAR put out, they put out these amazing articles and statistics and everything else. And they were actually showing, I think it's 87% of agents will, will, if without a proper system in place, will fail within the first two years of their business. And... On top of that, the median income, the median income for an agent has actually dropped from $9,300 a year, right? Agents 
their first two years in the business, $9,300 has actually dropped to $8,600. I'm going, first off, $9,300, that's unacceptable in the first place. Like that's that's not okay. But I, I, have a nephew, I have a nephew that works part-time in a fast food restaurant in high school and he makes substantially more than $9,300 a year after high school every day, working part-time over the deep fryer, frying meat and potatoes. Yep. That's exactly, that's exactly right. So I thought that was an interesting uh, statistic. So um, I'll, I'll kind of end on this. Like, how are you making sure that you're setting your agents up for success? Obviously, the three things, which are intelligent people. You want to surround yourself with intelligent people. You want to make sure that they're professionals. And third, you want to make sure that they're getting up and crushing it every single day and getting after it. So when they join, what are you doing to make sure that they are, are one, they're falling into the right area? Like if they're wanting to specialize in commercial or, you know, one of these senior communities or residential real estate, like how are you helping them identify that? Great. Uh, well, there's a couple of things we need to set them up for success. First and foremost, I don't treat them like independent contractors. The laissez-faire attitude of a lot of brokers is, hey, they're independent contractors, let them be. My independent contractor agreement of obligations is 26 pages long. My policy and procedure manual is 85 pages long. They have to read those 110, 115 pages cover to cover, and they have to sign every single page that they've read it. Not the end, they have to sign every single page, sign or initial, that they've read it. They have to know that my expectation for accountability is through the roof. Because to set them up for success, they have to know what I'm expected of them. Now, what do I provide to help ensure their success? That's important. In my selection process, picking less than 50% of the people that we interview, I have to be able to offer them the responsible tools of a broker to give them the best odds of succeeding so they don't end up one of those statistics you just shared of failing. The first thing is very intense, non-negotiable training and education. Our company offers 1,000 840 hours per year of live, fresh, new content, all taught by our own staff. 1,840 hours a year. Now, because of COVID and because of Zoom technology, we record everything. So we have, over the past two years, because we've been building a library for quite some time, more than 3,000 hours of previously recorded training content. So you actually have your hands on 1,800 of live new material published every day, and you also have your hands on 3,000 hours of past content that we've recorded. Our training is not optional. We mandate that every person takes 65 hours of onboarding training with us. I don't care how much money you've made in the past, how much of a veteran you are, you're with me in a chair, in a classroom, in person or by Zoom, 65 hours, because you have to learn my systems and my way of doing business. People say, well, you'll never get agents to agree to that. I disagree. I have them sign 100 pages worth of documents when they join me, and I've got thousands of people working in my company. So I disagree, and I've proven it time and again. Yeah. The education is very high quality. It's not monotonous. It's not boring. And it's really what takes the agents from, I thought I knew the business, to, wow, this is eye-opening. And then the other end, I'm just licensed. I don't know what I'm doing, and I really need to get started because I don't want them floundering. That's important. Step number two is we have world-class technological solutions within our company. Everybody knows Google. We provide the G Suite Enterprise to everybody, which is important because there's so many tech tools that go into G Suite's enterprise platform that I think agents need as a basic functionality in business. 
Uh, our company also is involved in the technology space, which we could talk about another day, but we do provide them the total brokerage software platform, which is their end-to-end -end transaction management, CRM, marketing, email marketing, text message marketing, and a whole host of other industry-specific tools. Right. We provide this to them and we train at a very high level because we know without such tools, they're going to struggle to be competitive in the marketplace because we have an oversaturation in Florida, got over 195,000 realtors in my state, 195,000 in my state, in the tri-county area where the preponderance of our operations are, 85,000 realtors in three wow. counties. How do you compete? You've got to have the best tools and technology. And the last area that really separates us, which is kind of lumped in, is broker support. First of all, I take an incredibly hands-on approach with the agents. Now, people say, how hands-on can you be? you got over 1,000 people. I don't do it alone. I have a 43-person salaried W-2 with benefits management team, which consists of trainers, managers, compliance officers, marketing professionals, social media professionals, a whole marketing department, web design, search engine optimization, IT, human resources, accounting, et cetera, et cetera. Why? Because you can't run a large organization if you're not willing to make the financial investment to support your people. A lot of brokers struggle because they just want a million licenses, but they don't have the financial wherewithal or the long-term vision to support them. I've got 43 people to back me up. How do I take time off just to enjoy my experience with you, Nathan, during this podcast? By knowing my managers are taking care of business for me right now and yeah. getting the job done. As part of that, uh, I'm very hands-on, I'm approachable, everyone's got my cell phone number, I'm addicted to speaking to them on the phone, texting with them, I send it every single morning, I call the entire company on a robocall, and I tell them what's on tap for the day, I email the entire company two to four times a day. They are hearing from their broker, either by phone or by email, at least four to five times every single day. I don't know where that happens elsewhere, that's very, very important, they know I'm available. Nice. We a system called Sarah. Sarah is not a person, it's an acronym, and I love what Sarah represents. The acronym stands for Signatures Agent Resource and Helpline, Sarah. We provide every one of our agents a telephone number, and through our VOIP telephone technology, the agents can call Sarah, or they can email to Sarah at SignatureFlorida.com, or they can go into the Sarah Zoom Room, which is a vanity domain, SarahZoomRoom.com, if they click on sarahzoomroom.com, Monday to Friday, nine to five, just clicking on that link, saving it as a shortcut in their cell phone, they are looking face-to-face -face, just like you and I are on the podcast with one of my employee managers so they can get instant face-to-face -face support with anyone in our company. Wow. Call <clears throat> the Sarah phone number because of our VoIP system. It rings my personal cell phone and 24 other managers' cell phones. It does not work in a round robin. It works like the old-fashioned house phones. If someone calls your house phone and the master bedroom, the kid's bedroom, the family room, the kitchen, the dining room are all ringing at the same time. Somebody pick up the phone. Yeah. 25 managers' cell phones ring simultaneously during a shocking window of time, Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 9 p.m., 14 hours a day, weekends and holidays. I'm talking about Christmas. I'm talking about Easter, July 4th, Columbus Day, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, from 9 o'clock in the morning until 7 p.m. So weekends and holidays, my agents can call us 10 hours a day, and every day of the week, non-holiday, they can call us 14 hours a day. Yeah. Or they email Sarah at Signature Florida, and that one email address comes to me, their broker, and the same two dozen managers. So 25 people monitoring one inbox. How more attentive can we possibly be?
Yeah. It's amazing. And we'll receive anywhere from 50 to 150 inquiries on Sarah per day, which makes sense because we've got over a thousand people. So we're getting anywhere from five to 15% of our people asking for help or questions or clarity or direction every day. But when you divide that up amongst 25 people who are responding to it, it's not insurmountable. That means each one of my managers is only responding to two to six calls per day. But you have to invest in your people by having the management and the legal team available to support your staff, because that's the number one reason agents depart from brokerages, because they're not receiving the support or the attention that they need to get their issues dealt with, whatever they may be. Yep. And that's when the shiny objects will come up and they'll get a little frustrated. And the person that has reached out to them, that is second in the line in the back of their mind, right? That's whenever it's like, okay, it's time to make a move. So, well, um, so quickly recovering that as far as you, when you onboard somebody, setting them up for success, tremendous amounts of training and education, pouring back into them, technical solutions, because that we know in today's world, that's extremely important. Um, support. So hands-on 43 person management team. And I love the, the acronym Sarah. I think that's, that's brilliant. And I love the accessibility of not only yourself as the broker of, you know, over 1350 associates now, but of 24 other people, right? So it's, it's, it's got the ability to get in touch with somebody very quickly that is helping them succeed whenever they have a question. So that's, that's awesome. We picked the name Sarah because Siri was already taken by some other company. <laughs> well, I like Sarah. Sarah's good. I have a cousin's um, name Sarah. So <laughs> I, I will tell you there's one other thing that makes us wildly unique. We talked about accountability, scheduling, discipline, requirement for classes. Nathan, we hold people accountable to the point that I will tell you on a live podcast that I don't mind going out publicly. I let go. I terminate 20% of my staff every year. Wow. That's my realtor population, not my employees. Yeah. I will let go of 200 to 250 people a year, up to 20 people a month for them not fulfilling or being held accountable sufficiently to my expectations. Because unlike the more traditional model of real estate, where there's incremental streams of income for a brokerage, desk fees, franchise fees, monthly fees, what have you, we do not charge our agents a single penny. Mm -hmm. I also coined the phrase, fee free. There's absolutely no fees in our company whatsoever. We're a traditional brokerage. We do take a healthy portion of the commission in exchange for what we provide. But if you do not produce because you are literally documented, costing me money from the training, from the support, from the technology, from the business cards to the E&O insurance, to the marketing materials that I pay for, I'm not just giving lip service that you cost me money. I literally can show you documented receipts of what I spent on you. If you're not upholding your end of the bargain by fulfilling your commitment, let's go back to just being friends. Let's meet for happy hour and have a cocktail at the bar when we're not social distancing. You don't belong in my company right. at all. And that's wildly different. I, I proudly and admittedly and publicize that I release, I let go of more agents than most companies will ever hire in a single year mm -hmm. because of the curse of the independent contractor. Mm -hmm. I thought I could handle being self-employed, but when I'm held accountable, Sometimes the rubber does not meet the road. Lucky for my 80% of agents that do succeed, they're the ones, Nathan, that really appreciate that. They love the fact that I'm just not egotistical, driven by numbers, numbers, numbers. You know how many agents work for me? How about how many agents produce for me? That's what I want. Who's producing for me? That's what I want to focus on, the ones that deserve it. Not who has licenses. 
Well, and I would be curious too, and, and you may or may not have the answer to this, but like agents in their first year in the business with you that come on board and, and it, like, like what is their, like, we know what the national number is, right? And it's now like $8,300 a year. Like, do you know that number? And if not, it's okay. Like in, in, in my market where I work, lucky for us, we're in a wealthier part of South Florida than the national average, mm-hmm. but in my market, my average agent will earn 60 to 70% more in their first year than my competing real estate brokerage companies. That's why when they look at me and say, oh my God, Ben, you're not like 100% brokerage like so many of them out there. That's why we take a portion of the commission because you're going to earn 60 to 70% more with me and I can show you the numbers on paper. So I'm entitled to get compensated. As much as I love what I do and I'm passionate about it and I do it because I love this industry and I love the business, surprise, I'm here to make a living too. Yeah. I've got a beautiful family. My wife, Jody and I have been married happily for 12 years. Three amazing kids who are virtually homeschooling right now, hopefully going back to brick and mortar shortly. Yeah. I've got a 10, an eight, and a five-year-old. And I do this for them as well as for my agents. This is not just volunteer. This is a business. And you've got to treat it like that. That's what I tell my independent contractor agents. You're not just showing houses because you love HGTV. You're not just showing houses because you're addicted to million-dollar listing. This is a career, and you've got to treat it as such. We're not doing martinis and Range Rovers. We are focusing on servicing the customers, asking for the business, and executing and closing the deals. Yeah. Well, uh, Ben, I, I love your passion, and thank you for sharing everything that you have today. It's been uh, it's been really um, uh, invigorating. It's good to see how you started and how you get very specialized, how you've grown and how you're developing and continuing to grow. It's attracting people, and you're holding them to an extremely high standard to improve our industry, improve their professionalism, and so that they can continue to thrive and be successful. And what you said about your agents, the 80% that you do keep, I know with them in the back of their minds, like I, if in order for me to hang around, you know, with, with the people that I want to hang around with and to be earning the income that I want to earn that, that level of accountability I know is making a difference in the world. So thank you for sharing all of this today, Ben. I really appreciate it. And, and telling us all about uh, signature real estate. Uh, and we've been talking to uh, Ben, Ben, I'm going to say this again. I'm going to say it right. I'm a Ben Schachter. That's it. You got Nailed it. it. Okay. Ben Schachter. Thank you. You're in estate companies in Boca Raton is where you're at. And now you're all over Florida. I know that as well, but uh, thank you again for coming on the show. It's been great getting to, to chat today. It's, it's been a pleasure. I've been on a number of different interview sessions and this has been by far one of the most enjoyable. You asked some wonderful questions and it's been a real pleasure to be with you. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. Thank you, sir. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Broker to Broker Real Estate Podcast. If you like what you heard, make sure you subscribe to the channel. For more information, tools, and resources, go to www.brokertobrokerpodcast.com. And always remember, be you and be real. We'll see you on the next episode.